Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harris here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Well, this morning, it looked like it was going to be a pretty strong session. Futures were were modestly higher. And then the Biden administration announced their nomination for the next Fed chair. And as you have probably seen by now, the money printing rock star himself, Jay Powell, will be keeping his job for another four years as chairman of the Federal Reserve. Uh, as we said last week, where we talked about this a lot, we expected the, the decision would be made yesterday. That was our, our guess for it, really. Uh, but it did come out before the market opened today. Uh, that was kind of our real guess by saying Sunday. Was this going to be before the market opened? Uh, and our other call was that regardless of who won, our markets would head higher from there. We've been calling it the sell the rumor, buy the news event. And when that news broke this morning, it looked like we were dead on. Futures jumped higher after, like I said, modest, modestly higher this morning. Uh, and then really got a nice little push after the announcement was made. Both the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 hit all-time highs this morning right out of the gate. But we got an unexpected lift from the 10-year yield as well today, which flipped, started going higher, finishing up a big 5.79% today. Still, the 10-year yield, I mean, nothing nothing crazy here. We're now at a 1.62. That is back to you know the higher level of what we've seen uh, since the pullback from April where we peaked out at a 1.74 or so, uh, March-April time frame. Um, and then we got another peak in October at a 1.68. Now, like I said, 1.62, nothing crazy that we're looking at, at here at all, but could be seeing and did see today a little bit of that freak out as tech does not like the higher rates like that. Uh, so it is tough to tell from one day's action, uh, but one does have to wonder whether or not the so-called bomb vigilantes are front-running the Fed's plans to taper. Uh, and now that it looks like they will certainly move forward with it with Jay Powell remaining at the helm here, if Brainerd had been put in, you know, there's that chance that, that she could have tried uh, to scrap those plans altogether if she is seen as the more dovish of the two. Um <laughs> To say more dovish really doesn't say much because Jay Powell really has been the most dovish Fed chairman really likely in history. Uh, So calling him hawkish is really only in relation to how he looks next to Brainerd. But again, before I get to touch on Brainerd here in a second, but that was probably a big part is why tech quickly pulled back from its all-time highs after the open. The semis and tech together led the way lower today. But again, much like with bond yields, tough to tell from one day's action like this. Tech has been continuously hitting all-time high after all-time high in both the NASDAQ, the tech sector, and the semis. And they've been at extreme overbought territory for some for some time now here as well. So in reality... One day's action like this, no major concerns here, 
we'd be fine with Tech taking a little bit of a breather, which really would you know alleviate that extreme overbought pressure, take out some of the excessive optimism that we've seen in our market as a whole. Uh, let's check that out today. I bet the fear and greed actually fell a pretty good amount uh, just by the the smart money hour today and what that looked like. Um, let's see if we can get this pulled up here. There we go. Yeah, back down to a 62 now. On Friday, it closed at a 69. So one week ago, we were in the 80s. Now we're all the way back down to a 62. This is almost exactly what this market needs here. We saw an AII, AAII last week as well. Bulls following falling a major amount. So overall, no real concerns. What we do have concerns right now that we want to see improve here pretty quickly has been in the internals, which I'll get to here a little bit later. But as of today, more than anything to us, this seems like another one of the many rotations that we've seen for a lot of the end of last year and a lot of 2021 where you know for a little while you got tech in the mega caps leading the way while you know energy stocks and small caps take a bit of a breather then for a little while small caps will lead and mega cap mega cap tech stocks will take a break and then energy will lead kind of those mini rotations you know you get to overbought readings get a little bit of a pause while another sector does well, keeps our markets right in the range of their all-time highs. So far, uh, other than the smart money hour today, today really didn't appear to be any different. And again, like I said, which I'll touch on here more in a second, the internals were pretty ugly today. Uh, so that's something we're certainly keeping an eye on here as well. Uh, but lastly, to wrap it up here for the Federal Reserve. Uh, so it was the two main choices for Fed chair were Lyle Brainerd and Jay Powell. Well, Lyle Brainerd also got nominated for a new job today as the Federal Reserve's vice chair. So again, while Jay Powell may appear hawkish in comparison to Brainerd, it, it's you really can't call him hawkish. That'd be such an overstatement for what he's done in his tenure at the Fed so far. The easiest money policies that have really likely ever been tried with the Federal Reserve. So, assuming that Brainerd and Powell are both confirmed to their positions, there's almost no doubt here that this will be the most dovish Federal Reserve that we've ever seen in history. Uh, and that's yet another reason here, while we believe the Fed's attempt at a taper will likely be short-lived. It's almost more of signaling anything else to make it look like they're trying something. The Fed's really been boxed into a corner here, something that we talk about here often on this podcast, could really do an entire podcast about that all by itself. But I almost want to say to take this one to the bank, that at the first sign that it appears that this taper might be a policy error, when we get a little bit of a pullback in the market, maybe even maybe even a 10% pullback, and politicians, especially Dems, start to freak out. <laughs> They're going to get the Fed right back in line. The Fed will begin to shift their course, at the very least slowing the pace of the taper, uh, ultimately probably just discontinuing it altogether as we look forward to QE infinity, as we go to 
the Japan, the Japanification of the United States, much like we've seen in Europe. Uh, so short term, you know, the action today does look like short term rates do want to head a little bit higher. Uh, but overall, with the massive amounts of financial engineering and real zombie economy that we've seen created uh, really in the last 18 months, adding on top of the the tremendous amounts of QE from previous plans. Now we transition into, like I said, QE infinity here. And especially as we enter an election year, we have the midterms, remember, in 2022 coming up. So there's another reason. If it starts to look like the Fed is making a policy error here that could potentially threaten the Dems' chances, you know, more so than they do on their own merit. Um, look again for them to switch to being more accommodative very quickly there. Because if we get a, a, a major stock market sell-off next year, that only weakens the Dems' chances in the midterms. People are going to want to change. Middle-class Americans on both sides would vote Republican just because of how hard the stock market has been hit, their 401ks are being hit, inflation running hot continuously. Now, the taper allegedly might help with that a little bit, uh, but is that worth it for them to see their stock market gains getting hit like that for the Dems? So it's going to be a really interesting next year, folks. Make sure that you're tuned in with us here. We're going to be talking about it every day on the podcast. We'll be back with video podcasts as well after the holidays, after the Thanksgiving holiday, that is. Uh, but yeah, you can join us at VRAinsider.com. Of course, click that podcast link at the top. And while you're there, check out our two-for-a-week trial. We write about this every day in our morning updates to our clients as well. And we'd love to have you with us. And as always, send any questions in as well. We love talking about this stuff. When I get together with friends on a, a Friday, Saturday night, I more times than not, we end up getting into rants about stuff that's happening with this, whether it's the Federal Reserve, the banking industry, stocks, cryptocurrencies, this is what I enjoy talking about all the time. I've got a few friends who used to work for the Federal Reserve, so I get a little inside baseball from them. It's just fascinating conversation. So that's what we love to do here. So like I said, send us your questions. I'd uh, love to talk to you more about it. Uh, this is truly what we love researching here. And like I said, it's going to be a very interesting next year as we head towards the 2022 midterms. But on that note, let's take a look at the first day of trading on this Fed chair news. As I mentioned earlier, starting out this morning, it looked like it was going to be a strong session. Futures popped on that news that Fed uh, that Jay Powell was renominated. Again, Nasdaq and S&P both hitting all-time highs. But again, as the 10-year flipped, our major indexes went the other way, getting weaker and weaker throughout the day, ultimately finishing at or near their lows of the day today. So really not the kind of action that you want to see. Also got the VIX up 7%. So I nothing major there from the VIX. We're at 19 now. That's the lower end of where it's been since the onset of coronavirus insanity. A uh, little elevated from what we've seen recently. Nothing major though. On a chart, I will say it did get close above its recent closing high, but it did get to a higher level more recently. So on a technical basis, that's something we'll be watching for there. 
But starting with our laggards for our major indexes today, tech leading the way lower down 1.26%. So that's not what you want to see is tech leading the way lower. And you don't want to see semis leading tech lower, which we also got today. The semis down 1.5% on the day today. We were followed there by the SM, or excuse me, the small caps down half a percent to 2,331. And next up for our laggers, the S&P 500 down just over three-tenths of 1% to 4,682. Lastly for today, the Dow Jones was our lone index to finish higher on the day. Uh, has sold off quite a bit recently. Actually, hitting oversold territory on our short-term VRA momentum oscillators. Still a little bit of room uh, to go to get to oversold levels on our other indicators here. Uh, but the our short-term ones have been pretty spot on here as of late. So it'll be interesting to watch where we head from here. The Dow finishing up 0.05%, so just barely positive on the day to 35,619. Looking at our internals on the day today, again, just like our major indexes, we had better numbers this morning after the uh, right after the open, after the news, just like our markets though got weaker throughout the day. And like I said earlier, this is where we have some concerns here, uh, primarily from new 52-week highs to lows, but starting off here, declining stocks, beating out advancing stocks for the NYSE for the sixth day in a row here. Uh, although it was really pretty close reading on the day, almost about even, uh, but the NASDAQ did come in under just under two to one negative on the day today. New 52-week highs to lows. Like I said, this was what was most interesting. NYSE actually came back just barely positive on this reading today. So nothing major there. But if you've been tuning in with us here or subscribe to our daily updates, you'll remember last Thursday, we had the highest reading of new 52-week lows in the NASDAQ since peak coronavirus insanity from March of last year. That number was 407 stocks hitting 52-week lows last Thursday. Today, we passed that number by a pretty big amount here. We came in with 553 stocks hitting 52-week lows today for the NASDAQ, ultimately finishing over 2 to 1 negative today. Again, not what you want to see, uh, but we are at are right in the range of extreme overbought territory still on the NASDAQ. Of course, today alleviated a lot of that pressure with the big sell-off uh, for the most part. We're just barely out of overbought reading, still right in that range, though. Uh, so something that we're watching for closely there is the internals. Again, we want to see these start to improve here. Uh, and lastly, for our internals, volume did come in slightly positive for the NYSE, but again, a negative reading here from the NASDAQ on the day-to-day. Looking at our sectors on the day, if you saw this, you probably wouldn't think there was too much wrong. We finished with six out of our 11 S or, yeah, S&P 500 sectors higher on the day today. Energy taking charge. Oil was up a good amount today. Uh, nothing major, but it was up. Energy leading the way up a nice 1.8%, followed there by financials, likely a lot to do with those bond yields. Next up, consumer staples, utilities, industrials, and materials. Then our laggards on the day-to-day, communication services, technology, consumer discretionary, and then real estate 
which was interesting because we actually had a new home sales come in slightly better than expected. Uh, the housing index was up earlier in the session as well, but much like our major indexes fell and finished uh, just off of the lows of the day today. But as a leading economic indicator, we want to see housing do well here. We want to see transports do well here. And transports did have a pretty good day today. And overall, I mean, the transport sector as a whole, despite staffing issues and supply shortages, has been running hot. Uh Really strong readings from the folks who were the best of the best over at Evercore. And I will say, they remain highly bullish here as well. It's tough not to be really bullish, as we talk about here often as well. New highs beget new highs. And while we did finish off of the highs today, I mean, we still hit all-time highs this morning. We still hit all-time highs last week. So if history is any indicator, new highs beget new highs. That's just the way that it goes. But again watching those internals here closely. Finally for today, our VRA commodity watch, gold selling off big on the news that Jay Powell would be renominated. And I say that news specifically, and the thinking here is that Jay Powell and the Fed are going to taper, right? They're going to potentially raise rates. When rates are on the rise, that's not good for gold. So with the 10-year up as big as it was today, gold got hit hard, now down just about 2.5% to $1,805 an ounce. So we continue to see that from bonds. Uh, Gold could continue to get hit a little bit from there. I mean, long term, we continue to like gold a lot. Nothing has changed in that regard. But in this environment, it's a little tough for gold to do well. Silver also down pretty big on the day, 2.38% to $24.19 an ounce. Copper down less on the day by 0.45% to $4.38 a pound. And oil, as I mentioned earlier, now up on the day by half a percent to $76.32 a barrel. And finally for today, Bitcoin. You know, it was tough to put your finger on the, this action specifically today because there's so much uh, news going out around Bitcoin. It's had a hell of a run since its lows of uh, of um, uh, it's like May or so. Or well, the lows were a little later. It peaked uh, in April of this year before, I mean, just rallying massive, right? We got back below 30K here for Bitcoin. Now we're back to 55,000 still. So that's a pretty good run overall. But the, the question here that a lot of people have been talking about is what is in these latest infrastructure bills, stimulus spending bills that uh, are worked on, being worked on being passed right now? There's a lot. It looks like there's a lot of regulation in there for cryptocurrencies as a whole. Uh, so that could be some of that news as to why it was hit so hard today, down a big 6.39%. But again, like I said, 55,000. I mean, for being at 30,000 during the summer, uh, no big deal here really for Bitcoin. That's uh, par for the course for, for this group, really pretty volatile. Um, so again, another one that we'll be watching here and reporting on closely. Folks, That is all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.